This is the Art of Living Well Radio Network. Radio to inspire enlightened living. You're listening now to the Honest to God series with Anne Gail Rose and Ahanu. Good morning, everybody, from beautiful San Diego, California. Even though I do see raindrops dripping down from our gutter outside, it still looks like the sun is going to come out today. And indeed, I do have to say that the sound of rain falling on the concrete outside our window is actually kind of soothing, very, very soothing. Well, it just makes me feel right at home. It's hard to believe that we're in Southern California when we have this kind of weather and our hearts and our thoughts go out to those people who are suffering as a result of this weather because we certainly are enjoying the the best of it and a little light rain is so good for us, so good for our mentality, so good for the plants, the environment and so on. But of course when it comes to extremes that's when we have to, you know, take, take, take some simple common sense steps and one might be just stay at home and don't travel. Tell the truth, Ahano, don't you miss seeing snow? No, not in the slightest. <laughs> I do. I, somebody posted pictures on Facebook about the beautiful snowfall in Chicago and making snowmen and out at night with their dogs and snowmobiles. And, you know, those are part of snow that can be a whole lot of fun. But I think I'd like it maybe just for, well, maybe three days and then... That's it. I'd be back to the sun. Well, you know, snow, I think, restricts our freedoms in lots of ways because when we try to go out or go to work or go visit or whatever it is that we need to do, depending on the depth of snow, it can limit our freedoms. And that's the subject of our discussion today is all about freedom. But before we get into that, let's just put things in their proper context. And you are absolutely right. Snow is part of this environment. And it is a very, very beautiful thing. It's a, it's a miracle of creation, actually. And at certain times of the year, as you say, around Christmas and Thanksgiving, it's one of the joys to behold. And it creates an atmosphere of beauty and wonder and cleanliness, isn't it? A kind of a sense of cleanliness. That is, of course, until it turns to slush. Yeah, until they start salting it and put, putting dirt into it. Or be, until the pollution ends up on it. But I do remember the child building snow tunnels and um, wanting to build little igloos and all of those things. Those were always so much fun. But, yes, I don't envy people who right now today need to be getting places and it's difficult. Or I hope everyone still has their power because that can be a bummer. All right. But, Hano, yeah, the subject of freedom is uh does contain a lot of things. And we are inviting people to call in today and tell us what their view of freedom is or what their thoughts are about freedom. So what is that number, Ahano, that they can call in on? It's 805-292-0349. All right, so before we get into that discussion, do you have any announcements, Ahano? Yes, I do. I want to direct everybody to the website of my beloved Angel Rose It's A-I-N-G-E-A-L-R-O-S-E dot com. And the reason I'm pointing you there is because she is still 
descending. She's still coming down from an absolutely wonderful and dynamic interview on Coast to Coast Radio with George Nouri last Wednesday. Now, we did put the, uh, the, the archive of it up on that website, angelrose.com, and you can listen to the full interview there with George Nouri. We had thousands of people hit the website. In fact, it crashed our server. I know that sounds like crazy, but it did. And we also have been so busy in the last few days catching up on emails and scheduling people for Akashic Record readings and so on. So if anybody has, is still waiting for us to get back to them, please do bear with us. We appreciate your, your patience and your understanding as we try and get on top of this mountain of correspondence and interest in the work of Angel Rose and the Akashic Records. But do take a look there at that archive. It's on the home page and it shows... Uh, George Nouri and the Coast to Coast radio team interviewing Angel Rose. Really, really worth a listen. And you can understand why so many people responded to her because she came across as being an authority, being real at the same time. And a wonderful, wonderful listen. So that's the first big piece of news. The other piece of news, of course, is that my birthday is coming up. This is my birthday week. So I'm expecting all kinds of wonderful gifts from all of our listeners <laughs> all over the world. It is actually on the 11th. I'm an 11 person. I was born in house number 22. So there's 11s in my chart. There's 11s everywhere. And, of course, our own great Angel Rose is an 11 also. She was born on the 11th of the 11th. So what a wonderful birthday we had two years ago in November, 11, 11, 11. Yes, yeah, so Hanno, it is your birthday coming up, and I've asked you repeatedly what you would like, and you still haven't given me an answer. So I guess I don't have to worry about it, because he is going to Ireland, actually, on the 13th for his son, his son Emmett. His oldest son is getting married to a wonderful Mexican girl, so he's going to be gone for a few days. But we also like to tell people that the Conscious Life Expo is going on right now in Los Angeles this weekend. So if you're in the area and you'd like to see uh, many, many wonderful booths of people and also wonderful, wonderful speakers, I think we've got Daniel Brinkley there and George Norrie and Greg Braden and Ram Das and all sorts. I mean, the list went on and on and on when I took a look at it. So if you are in the area and you didn't know that was happening, you may want to take a peek over there. Now, Angel Rose, you mentioned Ireland, and every time you do, of course, it, it, it gives a little flutter to my heart because I'm so looking forward to being back in the 40 shades of green. But we are also taking a small group with us to Ireland in June of this year. So if anybody wants to find out more about that mystical and sacred sites tour of Ireland, just go to mystical Ireland, that's all one word, mystical Ireland, dot holistic dot i-e h-o-l-i-s-t-i-c dot i-e so do take a look at that and you'll see the agenda that we had for last year that itinerary was so full of beautiful visits to sacred sites around the country and it is everybody's dream to visit Ireland someday this is your opportunity and if you can't get on that website for whatever reason or you can't remember the name simply contact us at angelrose at angelrose.com and the spelling of that, of course, is the Irish word for angel, A-I-N-G-E-A-L-R-O-S-E dot com. Now, folks, freedom. Many, many people have contacted us over the last number of years, and they've said to us that, you know, they don't feel that they belong here. They feel restricted on this planet. They feel that their freedoms are being limited more and more every day. 
They feel that they're not in touch with their true selves. They feel sidetracked with money problems. They feel that they've lost their direction in life. They feel that they don't trust their own intuition or their own inner promptings. And they feel that they've no sense of inner guidance or that they can't get in touch with reality or that they've lost their own identity and on and on and on it goes. And these are all leading to this principle that we've we've discovered that it's actually a loss of that sense of freedom. But we have to be careful too when we talk about freedom because there are so many levels to it that it's impossible to actually define it on on all the levels at once. You can you can define it on the level of course of political freedom or religious freedom or educational freedom or racial freedom or various levels like that. But you cannot define them all with the same explanation as we have discovered. So we hope that during the course of today we will be able to cover some of the items that might help people by the end of the program realize that there are freedoms that people can actually get hold of now and realize now and that it will help them in uncovering the various layers that freedom uh, impacts on their lives. Well, Hannah, let's start by telling our listeners what a few people have said about freedom, what they feel it is. We did ask a few people what they thought about it, and I think we could start with the discussion with that. But I know when I was younger, Hannah, when I used to think of freedom, of course it was... I'll have to have you tell our listeners about this, Ahano. Okay. What we did was we we actually asked what freedom meant to me. Really, uh, a whole bunch of people part, took part in this. And one person said that freedom is in the mind and is always accessible if sought. And that phrase, if sought, is the key because it opens up the possibility of making a choice around it. And another person said that freedom to me means having the freedom to be totally myself, accepting all aspects of myself and the freedom to decide moment by moment how I want to spend my time. And another person said that freedom to me means that though I am given tasks or lessons to learn or experience in this lifetime, that with freedom I am able to learn and experience with the knowing that I have choices to choose what is for my highest good. Now these are all beautiful. But what we noticed was though that they were all different. And we are re- we're realizing, of course, that freedom means different things to different people. And how can that be? How can freedom be different for different people? And this was one of the difficulties that we had and was one of the reasons why it took so long for us to come to any kind of a real understanding around freedom. Because it's just such a difficult subject and it's so wide-ranging and it's, it's going to be impossible, of course, for us to come to any conclusions about it during this one-hour program. But interestingly, though, that all of the explanations that we got for freedom, they all mentioned one critical factor, and that was choice. So what we did was we, we looked up the Merriam-Webster dictionary to see what that said about freedom, and we got quite an amazing Really, really an amazing explanation. So before I actually read that explanation, do you want to say anything about that, Angelos? Yes, I, <clears throat> I know for myself, um, my definition of freedom has always been uh, that 
you were free to explore life and create anything you wanted in life without any sort of limitations or without anybody telling you that you couldn't. So freedom, to me, not only is applies to the physical world, which it does, it, it applies really across the board on all levels, that there is nobody telling you what you can experience or what you can uh, purchase or where you can go or what you can do. There isn't any of this business that's going on now where more and more laws are passed that take away our freedom and restrict our rights to even Mother Nature. So, you know, to me, all of that is really, really against the laws of freedom, which I feel that Source has created itself, that we are sovereign beings, that we're here in a body, and each one of us is in charge of our body, and that is our world. And we're to handle it responsibly. You know, freedom to me doesn't mean that you have license to go harm others or anything like that. That, to me, isn't real freedom. That is actually the abuse of freedom. But it does mean that, you know, with the, with your own being, that you have the right to explore life uh, in all its positive uh, expressions, that there be no limit to it, that there be no limit in consciousness either, that your consciousness or your mind could keep discovering To me, I've always felt that when I was young, and I still believe that now. In fact, it's a lot of what has motivated me and driven my spiritual path is the exploration of freedom and consciousness. And certainly, that is everybody's divine right. And like I said, I'm not talking about having license. That's not freedom to me. The the license to uh, impose your will on other people or hurt somebody to me, is not freedom. I'm glad you mentioned that because at one point in time, we actually did write down what we felt was our definition of freedom. And it was the ability to be free and competent as an individual and be the author of your own life. And that's a fundamental ability that's given by God. People have the ability to access competency and freedom within themselves. It's the ability to be self-referral, to trust your own knowledge, trust the decisions that you make based on that self-referral. And because of all of the beliefs and the ownership and authority issues that we, we cover from time to time, people lose the ability to trust themselves and to decide about their own lives. Independence means you can trust yourself and what your inner self is guiding you to do. You are able to perform in your own life without having to rely on anyone to do it for you. It's not that you never need guidance or support. It just means that you can reason correctly, that you can solve problems, you can come up with solutions to all the challenges by relying on your own ability to discern and to choose wisely. But let me just look to the Merriam-Webster Dictionary because you see the huge contrast now between what Angela Rose just said, what we had written down in the past about freedom, and now what the Merriam-Webster Dictionary's definition of freedom is and look to the various levels of understanding around this as I read this out to you. The dictionary says that freedom is the power or right to act, speak or think, as one wants without hindrance or restraint, the absence of subjection to foreign domination or despotic government, exemption from external control, the absence of necessity, coercion or constraint 
in choice or action, liberation from slavery or restraint from the power of another, boldness of conception or execution, independent or self-governing, not influenced or controlled by others in matters of opinion, conduct, etc., thinking or acting for oneself, freedom from the control, influence, support, aid or the like of others, being able, competent. Competency is the fundamental knowledge, ability or expertise. Well, that's an incredible definition, Ahano, and I even wonder if it should be read again. There's so much in there. And really, though, we're talking about this theme to be able to have ownership over our own lives and not impinge on the rights of others. So but so let's talk for a minute. As you were reading the prior thing about what we wrote about freedom, we were talking about our own authority. And you think uh, about how from the time we're born, we start to be taught by parents and certainly cared for because you need to be, at you know, when you're born and you're small. But when you think about how it starts right there where we start being taught what life is all about, what you can do and what you can't do, what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. Of course, everyone needs uh, manners and discipline. But somewhere along the line, it does seem that we lose our ability to trust that we can govern our own lives, that we can make our own decisions. And, you know, people have heard me on the show talk about the Summerhill School in England. And I'm mentioning it only because that school is designed to allow children to make decisions, to be their own authority, to refer to themselves to solve problems. Whereas I know uh, when I was in school, I mean, I certainly didn't feel I had any rights. I My voice was not important. It was really just about obeying the rules and learning the curriculum. So, you know, I think somewhere along the line, I did lose my natural curiosity, my natural instinct to want to learn and discover. And certainly um, the religion I was brought up in was molding what should be important. In other words, uh, you know, you have to follow those spiritual rules and religious rules. So it took me a long time, and it was only because I was on a spiritual path that I was even aware of it. But I did come to the place where I realized that I didn't even know who I was. I was following what somebody else told me was the way to be or who to follow or what to believe in. It was quite a shocker. I do remember the day I realized that, I think I was in my 30s, that all of a sudden I realized I'd been taught all these things my whole life and I'd been spending my whole life trying to model these things but yet I myself didn't have a good uh, sense of inner connection, um, you know, that I would feel was consciously guiding my life. And it was a huge, huge shock, actually, to realize that you'd given your power over your whole life to dogmas and uh, authority figures telling you, you know, how life is and what you should be doing. How about you? Did you experience anything like that, Ahana? 
Yes, absolutely. And in fact, I think everybody who goes through our, any of the school systems around the world, because they're basically all modeled on the same thing, and that is discipline and power and control over, over you and to follow the rules. And for that reason, I think it does stifle something very fundamental in us. And it's one of the wonderful things that I believe is actually unfolding in this great time of change. And that is the fact that people are beginning to realize that they are actually bigger than what they've been told they are. And this is a, a wonderful realization, actually. It's one of the things that comes out in the Akashic Record groups that we do, that people are asking about the extent of us. And there's, there's a kind of an, an unfolding, an embryonic growth inside people that says, you know, I was told all this nonsense and I'm beginning to realize it's all lies. That's the beginning of freedom. And this is just, of course, one of these levels that we speak about. Now, in the Akashic Records, many of you will know that we conduct these groups uh, where we ask these big questions of source about the cosmos, the universe, all kinds of things about our spiritual journey and so on. And we did ask at one point what source's definition of freedom was. And I think it's really important for us to read it out now because you'll be able to place it in context with the individual versions of freedom that we, 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 we mentioned a few minutes ago, the uh, Merriam-Webster version of freedom, and our own version of freedom. So Source said the first and most important thing was that freedom is love expressed. Because love exists, freedom is ensured. Freedom is the collective energetic connection between all things. Now perhaps you can understand why there are so many different levels of understanding around freedom. Freedom carries with it the natural response of harmlessness and reverence for all life everywhere. Freedom is the memory that we are everything. So this was a, a real eye-opener to our previously held perceptions of what freedom was and what we expected of freedom. And of course, freedom and intelligence are linked. Aliveness is intelligence and aliveness is free. And freedom is the reason that we can't ever die. Yes, and as usual, of course, those sorts of answers really make you think. And the very first line, that freedom is love expressed. I do remember when I was bringing in that information, I got a feeling of it as well. <clears throat> what Source was implying was that when you get to the place where you're in a state of love, well, actually, when you truly become love, uh, you actualize it and you've integrated the truth that love is all there is, and you express that love, that that is the highest degree of freedom, that uh, being able to be generous with your nature and yourself and really understand that you are love and you are expressing love was the ultimate freedom. And I could see how that could be because once you get to that state, then there is no fear anymore. There's no greed. There's no desire to take from anybody. And instead, it's more of a desire to share and to give. And I, I don't know about you, Ahana, but it's one of the reasons I love Christmas. And, you know, we've maybe not had discussions about Christmas, but I love Christmas because it is the one time a year when people actually stop what they're doing 
and focus on giving to others. And even though to some people Christmas is a struggle and perhaps they don't like the commercialism of the, the idea, but I love it because to me, you know, I, I've always loved giving gifts. I just think it's the funnest thing to do to give a gift to somebody and see how um, they receive it and just the joy of the whole process. But but more than that, it is the whole act of giving to anybody, really, any little act of kindness, any little, any little, little expression of sharing, and also to be harmless in your heart, that true freedom is really when you can love. And a lot of people go through periods in their life where, you know, their hearts are shut down or they've been injured or damaged emotionally through various things and their ability to even love themselves or give to another is thwarted. So, you know, with Source saying that freedom is love expressed, it does imply that you become love, that you are a source of it yourself. And that is a huge healing for a lot of us because, you know, going back to some of the things we've brought up to believe, I was certainly brought up to believe that it was selfish to love myself over another. And now I've since learned that, you know, you have to love yourself. You have to take on that chore of loving who you are on all levels, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual, before you can understand what love is. So I like that interpretation of freedom because it goes really to one of the highest forms of expression. But more than that, too, you know, freedom to me is the fact that you can experience unlimited life and unlimited consciousness. And Source explains that, too, that, you know, freedom has to do with the fact that life exists and love is. And because of that, technically, we're all free because as long as that's in place, and I have always seen that it's in place forever, that you can never not ever be free in your soul and your consciousness. But that does bring us down, Ahano, to a discussion of the various things that own us uh, right off the bat in our life here where we don't really think about it, but suddenly we become obeyers, that we obey everything people tell us, that we give our power over to all sorts of authorities, um, to our, you know, we do it in relationships, we do it with our dogma, we do it with all the rules, we do it with the government, where people have gotten to the point where they don't really even question the source of these orders. And uh, so I think it's it's a huge problem. What do you think, Ahana? I agree completely. And really it comes down to that sense of connection with source at the end of the day. Uh, Because if you're struggling at all, and most people are, it means that at some level we must believe that we're outside of God. Because if we believe we're inside of God, we wouldn't be struggling. And there would be no loss of freedom. So that's really the core level of it all. And I remember a saying from when I was young that said, if God be for me, who can be against me? And it was a very empowering thought. And it's something that perhaps our listeners should write down or put in their kitchen or their bedroom or somewhere where they can see it, that if God be for me, who can be against me? But this brings up another topic, Ahana, when you talk about that, because 
even in the conversation about the external God, you know, in a way, we can lose our freedom with all of our ideas about that, too. But we're always told uh, that God is within us. And certainly last week, I think when we had Penny on, we were talking about the Kundalini. And it was her opinion that the Kundalini was literally God within us. So if we start realizing that, or looking at that, and realizing we've got this power inside our bodies, our, our own bodies, that if it's worked with and it's learned about uh, carefully, because it's a powerful force of nature, actually, uh, you look outside and you see the power of nature. Uh, certainly here we have storms happening all over the place, some natural, some not so natural. But the point being that there's anyone can see the power in nature. and But yet we have a power of nature right inside our body in the form of a serpent fire that's located at the base of our spine that should rise up naturally throughout our lives and express itself. But I think that needs really looking into because if it is the God within, it does mean that there's a power within us that literally uh, extends to eternal life. It extends to regeneration, you know, uh, extends to healing on every single level. Certainly as it rises up the chakras, we've been shown that the chakras themselves are portals to other worlds. Uh, the wheels that have music in them and harmonics, and there's so much really that has not been explored about them and their potential. But here we have this within our own bodies. And so when we're, if, if we're sitting here focusing only on the external world and what's lacking in it and what we think we need, without going inside and exploring your own inner power, um, that can be a real threat, actually, to your sense of freedom and to knowing that God within you that is always present and is there, you know, as a God-given energy, it has nothing to do with anybody else. Nobody else can tell you that you can or cannot have your God within. Your God within is there no matter what. And once again, I'm just going to repeat that. We're in charge of it because if you start to think that the truth actually is that we have unlimited potential to experience in no life, and I do mean this on every level, everywhere from bringing forth the understanding that life is eternal, that it's possible for the human being to be an eternal life being, that you have powers of regeneration within you. You've got a brain that can manufacture any chemical at all to heal anything at all. And the only, you know, the thing is, is we we don't believe that we have this. We look to drugs and outer things and other people and all sorts of things to fill us up. And if you're coming from that sense of lack initially, then you'll never know what freedom is because those lacks and those desires are always going to own you. What struck me about people having difficulty raising children these days because they seem to be, they seem to have a different understanding of 
personal freedoms than we do. And I think it comes from the fact that we we believe that babies are just babies. They're inexperienced little little pieces of physical flesh. But the, the mistake I think that we've made is that they are in fact souls on a soul journey just the same as we are. And indeed some of them might be a lot older. You know, to consider for a second that your your child might actually be a lot older, have far more experience than you, is a concept that we have difficulty grasping. But if you take a look at that for a second, you'll realize that, you know, we don't have that kind of authority over another being at all. We do have the, the, the authority to nurture and to protect, but not to coerce or manipulate or, or uh, you know, destroy intuition or imagination or abilities in any way whatsoever. And the reason I'm saying that is because there's a quotation from Voltaire that said, to learn who rules over you, simply find out who you are not allowed to criticize. And this is a question that Angela Rose raised a little while ago about who owns you. And our parents certainly did have that feeling and they portrayed that belief that they owned us and you were owned by them and that was it. Now remember, these are just pointers. We're not saying that any one of these is true or not true. They're, they're questions for everybody really as individuals to ask. Do you feel owned by your parents? And it's not just how your parents raised you. It goes back much further than that really um, because in the same way most of us bec become parents ourselves and it leads on to that next question, you know, do your children own you? And in a way, our parents are going back in time and our children are going forward in time. And the children can certainly be the belief paradigm that owns your life. And this can remain true even after they have left home. So it's something to explore. And this, of course, is on the physical level, but it's also on the mental and emotional levels of your personal freedom. And in the same way, we have to look at relationships that we have with our wives, our husbands, our lovers, our partners, because if there's any concept of codependency there at all, then there is that same concept of owning you in some way, because if there's some kind of power and control over you, then you don't have freedom. Yes, we need to just reinstate and make it clear that we're not talking about having a license to do harm to another or to infringe yourself onto others because certainly in our definition of freedom that you read from the dictionary, Anu, it was saying just the opposite, that you had freedom from domination by another. And you also mentioned relationships and I think that's an important area to look at because a lot of us do, you know, have a, have a plan or, you know, a motivation or desires when we're in relationships that we want the person to behave certain ways and do certain things. And, um, you know, so I think we need to take a look at that in ourselves also in terms of, you know, do we stifle the freedom of expression with our partner? And I'm not talking about disloyalty or... Um, you know, harming another person through betrayal or anything like that. But certainly that each person has the right to be exploring uh, creativity and exploring life 
And you do get to a point um, when you're really looking at this where you become very expecting. And I, I actually had to learn this lesson through the death of my sister. And uh, it was a shock, you know. She was only 13 months older than me, and she came down with this strange illness, and they couldn't really figure out what it was. And make a long story short, she died within six-month period of having this illness. It was quite a shock, and the one death in my family, since I've gone through many, that really affected me in a way where I felt a piece of my own soul had gone. But I was riding on the train home from her funeral, and I I clearly understood that really it was none of my business. And that was actually the phrase I got from my higher self, is that my sister's death was none of my business. And that's pretty shocking because implied in that was the fact that her death was her relationship with her own soul and with God. And she had a right to uh, leave whenever she deemed it necessary to go. And certainly we did, I did have a dream a few nights before that her road, you know, ended and kind of indicating that her path was done here. But it was, when it was saying that it was none of my business, it wasn't really being cold, it was that. And even in death, happy people, uh, people who, who go away constantly, we want to be in contact with them and keep them close to us and, um, you know, I suppose that's just part of the grieving process. But, uh, you know, it will point to the fact that we don't even have the ability to let people who pass on uh, die and accept the fact that they're in a new uh, world now. They're in a new freedom of exploration once they leave this planet. So, but I really understood when I heard that message um you know, that death is a personal thing for the person who's dying. And uh, when it's saying it was none of my business, it, mean, it means uh, that I really didn't have a right to, um, you know, really resist that process for the person. So it was quite a, an eye-opener for me, a freedom on that level, Ahanu. You're listening to Ange Rose and Ahanu on the Honest to God series radio. We broadcast every Saturday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Mountain, 10 a.m. Central, 11 a.m. Eastern, and, of course, for our friends in Ireland and Europe, 3 p.m. Greenwich Mean Time. And our topic today is the subject of freedom. If you'd like to call in, 805-292-0349, and email is angelrose at angelrose.com. That's A-I-N-G-E-A-L-R-O-S-E dot com. The subject of freedom is absolutely fascinating. And we mentioned earlier that when we first started discussing and looking and talking and trying to be self-honest about this concept of freedom, we found ourselves asking that question, who owns you? And then we stumbled upon that quotation from Voltaire that said, to find out who uh, owns you, just ask who has control over you or who, who you are afraid to criticize. Now, we also have to put into that category our friends and our peers because they're, they're here because on the level of even employment, let's say, or you're in an association or a commercial environment, your peers can certainly own you. And it's another thing worth looking at. And then the next thing, of course, is your own perception of yourself. Do you feel owned by your own perception 
of yourself. A lot of people spend their whole lives just concerned about how they are perceived by themselves or perceived by others. They worry about how they're perceived in their world. And just think that at the end of your life, and you ask that question, were you happy with your perception of yourself? And bear in mind, I'm laboring on the word perception. Were you happy with what you think that you've achieved or not achieved? We're not talking about the concern that if you did accomplish or not accomplish anything. We're talking about the perception of it and how heavily that weighed upon you at some point in time. This is a crucial question. If you get anything out of today, just ask yourself, who owns you? And of course, when we expand that upwards and outwards, you know, we start to move out of the, the physical boundaries of ourselves and we come into this concept of government. Does the government own you? And this is not a place to go into the whole concept of sovereignty. But we do know that your birth cert, for example, is a commodity that's of value to the government and is traded by the government. So in that sense, the government owns you and certainly exhibits rights to you. But the bigger question really is, do you buy into it? And this is where we mentioned about the common factor in everybody's definition of freedom was choice. Do you buy into these perceptions? Do you buy into the ownership? Our next little discussion is looking at the possibility that God might own us. Well, I certainly don't believe in that, Ahana, that God owns us. And I do not believe it would be the intention of source to own such as that. But what is true is that we are in an interrelationship with all life, which means that you know, what we do, the choices that we do make do affect everybody and everything. And in that way, you know, freedom actually becomes something quite wonderful because if you realize uh, or you look out in the world and you say, I don't like what's happening, or I don't like the quality of what's happening, you yourself by your choices can change uh, that. You can be donating a certain type of energy or frequency to the world that actually supports life and freedom. And the thing is, is, is that because freedom covers so many levels, I want to bring the discussion around to the things that you mentioned in terms of, you know, right now on the 3D, it does look like the government is owning us more and more and more, uh, stepping on our toes, uh, taking away our rights, passing laws without us actually consenting to them and doing it behind our back, uh, creating fault scenarios so that we we become emotionally uh, involved in events that are going on. And, and while we're in that state, they sneak in these laws or try to get an agenda passed that they have in mind. So it is a problem. This is a huge problem, and it's a problem because a lot of us will complain about it and will say we don't like it, but we really keep obeying. You know, it's one of the things that I, I was on an interview yesterday and we were talking about the banning of herbs, for example, and how ludicrous the idea is that there could be a government, and certainly this is something that's being spread around the world, that there could be a government that could tell you that you can't consume certain herbs or that you can't grow them or use them for medicinal purposes. I mean, this is against 
the whole total feminine principle of nature. I mean, nature is a feminine energy, and it's there to nurture. And that's why every plant and every herb was created, so that whatever we went through in our lives, we had a solution, we had a remedy. So this whole idea it, it, that you could, somebody, some foreign body can tell you what you can put in your mouth is really so insane. And I, and I just, the fact that people are obeying this type of thing and just saying, oh, well, the government said so, so this is what we have to do. I, I just find it's an example, Ahanu, of how dumbed down we've become, how entirely sheep-like and programmed we've been, where we don't have a sense of our own uh, sovereignty in those ways. So, you know, I'm not advocating any type of a violent revolution or uh, anything like that. That's not the way I think it needs to be done. But I certainly do believe that the collective needs to stand up and say no to these types of things because they just are so against uh, what source has intended, and if we keep allowing that to happen, our world is going to get more and more controlled, and our freedom of movement is going to be really restricted. So uh, on that level, I do think we all need to look at, you know, how we obey, how we blindly obey things in our lives and uh, and don't say no. And, and of course, this can evidence itself in any scenario you know, in your relationships, uh, in, in your uh, employment, anytime things going on that are unjust or that are over the top in terms of domination and control, and even ourselves to look at our own control issues, the things we try to control or the people we try to control, all of that really does need some honest self-examination because we're in an interesting time period right now where uh, we, we've just had all this light come into the planet. Our ability to manifest and be telepathic with one another has just accelerated exponentially. And we need to be real careful what we're manifesting and where our energy is going. So on the one hand, right now at this time, we have more support, energetic support available to us to be supporting and manifesting a free world. And it's not going to happen through the government. They're not going to do it. It's each one of us is going to have to make the decision to be, number one, more self-sovereign and in control of your own unit. I mean, you are yourself in a body and you're in charge of that body. You're in charge of that life. You and nobody else. So, but it does require a degree of self-responsibility. And I think this is one of the reasons why we've lost a lot of our freedoms is because we've turned that responsibility of ourselves over to other people or agencies to take care of us and do things for us. So I think, you know, this is a huge lesson in the whole world, really, uh, moving to another level of responsibility within themselves and uh, creating a world that is harmonious and beautiful and cooperative. That is absolutely right. And you can see now where all of this is leading. It's leading up to that question, do you own you? 
Are you responsible for yourself? Are you taking responsibility for yourself? Do you own yourself in your entirety? This is where it's all really leading. Because if you did own yourself and own your life and own your life stream and own your soul's journey and own your spiritual self, then none of this would apply. Because as you can see, there are the different levels where we've looked at about who owns you. And, you know, we asked about, do your parents own you? Do your children own you? Do you does your government own you? You know, does the law own you? And then, of course, there are questions like, does survival own you? You know, what about the fear of death? Does that own you? What about your health? You know, most people feel, I, I, I want to say most people, but certainly some people do feel that their their health owns them in some way. And other people, of course, feel that their nationality owns them. You know, when I say I'm Irish or, you know, I'm American or I'm Chinese or I'm Korean or I'm African or whatever it is, there's, there's a labeling goes on that allows the concept of ownership to come into play. But we're above all of that. And then, of course, the question needs to be asked, well, what about guilt? Guilt certainly owns us because we carry it with us everywhere we go, every moment. And it's time we let go of guilt and got into this whole concept of total forgiveness. And that releases us to own ourselves. So this, this is something that we have discovered, that in all the questions from the group Akashic Records and the individual private readings indeed about the physical world and the spiritual world, it all comes back to the, our relationship with ourselves and our relationship with God and the fundamental freedom about owning yourself and being sovereign within your own self. I want to talk about another aspect of this, Ahano, and it is the uh, the whole art of soul retrieval. And, and mentioning it because, you know, losing soul pieces is another way that we lose our own uh, life force energy. And the Native Americans knew this, and their interpretation of this was that any time you went through any sort of a trauma or even say let's a, a big change in your life, I mean, it could be something that ultimately would have been good for you, but, you know, case in point would be, Let's say you lived somewhere when you were a child and you really liked where you lived and, you know, you had friends and then your parents get transferred and they have to move and you have to leave those friends in, in that lovely home. But there could be a part of you that, you know, fragments off and got, gets stuck in the emotional experience of that. And so anytime we go through a change or some pain that is too much for us, we will push away a piece of ourselves so that we don't have to feel the degree of pain that could be associated with that event. And the the Native Americans also believed that you could have soul pieces or pieces of your identity stolen uh, by other entities when you're in a weakened state, uh, you know, when you're not looking. So in that all resulted, all of this would result in a weakening of your vital life force energy. So they believe that your vital life force energy or your soul was what carried you through in your life so that you could fulfill your soul contract, you could fulfill the reason you're here. So if you, you can imagine if you've got all of these little pieces of yourself lost in other events 
or floating around the cosmos because you couldn't integrate something. And uh, they also believe that this is how you ended up ill. The more pieces you fragmented off, the more ill you became. So the whole process of doing a soul retrieval for someone was that you'd go looking for these uh, pieces that are fragmented off or that had been stolen, and you'd find where they were located in spirit, and you'd bring them back uh, to your heart and to the top of your head and be put back into you. And the result of that was that uh, people suddenly felt more themselves. Suddenly they had a sense of direction and clarity. So I had to mention that aspect of that, too, because, you know, it is connected to your ability to have enough of your own energy available to be able to, um, you know, move forward in your life and take action on your on things in your life. I think it's fair to say that 90% of what we've mentioned today is people are affected by it. But at the same time, we've barely scratched the surface. You know, this is such a huge and complex subject. We really hope that it just gets people to ask themselves the question, who owns me and, and why? And then to arrive at that place where you can make conscious choice around it. And unless we really begin to inquire into ourselves about all these different things, we'll never know how much of an energy charge they hold for us or how much energy we expend on them in our lives. Analyze how much of your personal energy that you give to these things. Look at how much we care or worry about them. When a person says they're not living the life they want to live, when they're in the wrong job or if you're in the wrong relationship or the wrong house or the wrong city or the wrong country, they're expending a huge amount of energy maintaining a dysfunctional and unhappy life. So find out what's sapping your energy and why you have allowed it. Because when you don't feel free in your life, when a huge portion of your personal energy is going into a negative state of being, it's time to look into yourself. You must know and find out why you're doing it. Otherwise, you'll just keep repeating it. Perhaps it is a recurring pattern, not just in this life. And as Angel Rose said about picking up soul pieces and past life imprints and so on. But these things can actively wear you down in this life and may have worn you down in countless other lives too. So remember that old adage that says, know thyself, because this is the time period for us to be entirely self-honest. This is the time to know your motivations deeply. Basically, if you don't, you'll never have an experience of what real freedom is, and you'll never know what self-honesty is, and you'll never know true happiness. Yes, so we do invite your comments uh, to chat with us or email us because, as Ahanu stated, this whole issue of freedom spans many, many levels. But you could be asking what freedom means to you just in your life now. And there is no right and wrong in your interpretation or your concern about what may be happening to you. But it is important to look at where the areas of your life that you do feel powerless uh, to win over or be victorious over because this will give you a good indication. And as always, you know, I, I love journaling, so I just think anybody who takes pen to paper and begins to inquire certainly uh, is on their way to loosening some of the bonds that they may have going on for a while now. You know, there's, there's something about bringing things to conscious awareness that just all of a sudden starts to unravel the energy or the blockage so 
we hope that you'll uh, think about some of this discussion today and let us know your thoughts. And uh, thank you for being with us today. Grace, this session was sponsored by Diamond Sun Hosting, who's been consciously hosting your spiritual website since 1993. The address is diamondsunhosting.com. That's all one word, diamondsunhosting.com. And if you wish to sponsor an episode or the full Honest to God series, contact us on our website or through the email angelrose at angelrose.com. Now, all of what we discussed today actually does form part of our own gathering of this information into a form of program, a program called the Eight Steps to Freedom. And you can find out more information about that by going to 8stepstofreedom.com. It's all hyphenated and it's the number 8, 8stepstofreedom.com. Remember, Angel's book, A Time of Change, is available at atimeofchange.info. And also you can pre-order her new book, which is due out in November of this year, The Nature of Reality, by going to thenatureofreality.info. That's all one word also, thenatureofreality.info. Every single Wednesday in San Diego, we have group Akashic Records, and you can find out more about that by just searching on the meetup.com website and search for Akashic Records or Angel Rose. We're also on iTunes now ladies and gentlemen, an amazing and wonderful development. We're on iTunes. If you go to itunes.apple.com, search for Angel or Angel Rose or Angel Rose or Grady or any of those keywords and you'll actually find the various podcasts and books and ebooks and things. Also, you can listen back to the archive of Angel Rose's discussion with George Nury on Coast to Coast AM radio that she did last Wednesday, February 6th. That video and recording is on our website at angelrose.com forward slash podcasts. So when you're on the website angelrose.com, do opt in. You'll get free ebooks. You'll get the summaries of the group Akashic Records transcripts. You'll get free pictures by Ahanu and various other things like that. So we just would like to say a wonderful big thank you and blessings to you. Thank you for listening. And we will speak to you next week. And thank you Ahanu and Angel Rose on the Honest to God series. This is the Art of Living Well Radio Network. Radio to inspire enlightened living. The Honest to God series with Angel Rose and Ahanu.